So, the other day, on my birthday, I came, one of the things I talked about in that long three-hour uh, live stream, um, and you can watch that, it's divided into chapters, so if you want to look what, look at what I'm talking about here in its own video, um, I, I talked about the hintful uh, romances, if you will. As a matter of fact, I'll look that up right now, hopefully with no issues, because I am recording this, not live streaming. Well, that's not it. <laughs> Got the wrong video there. Uh, here we go. Yeah, hintful romance, uh, hintful romantic teases and cartoons. That'll probably be the title of this video here. And I, I mentioned a couple of, you know, them that you see here on on this image. I mean, for example, you know, I go back to you know Cubby and Sandy, and I did a video about them, kind of updated ten years in the making, kind of video update. And I talked about the fact that they kind of fall under that same category, just being Cubby and Sonny from Disney's Gummy Bears. You know, they kind of fall under that same category as Simba and Nala from The Lion King. Because despite what version of Lion King you watch, um, basically when they're cubs, both Simba and Nala, you know, basically, you know, are a gasp, if you will. They kind of you know, kind of throw up in their mouths, if you will, at the at the thought that Zazu has put into their into their heads of, hey, when you get older, you're going to be bethroned to each other. You're going to be married, and they both kind of scoff at that. They laugh it off. They're disgusted by it because, you know, they consider themselves best friends. You know, they don't consider themselves any more than that, and also and. Of course, I should say, we find out that later on what Zazu said about them, you know, being betrothed together, being put together romantically, you know, we see later on when they reunite, um, you know, you know, that indeed does happen. That indeed does happen in, in everything. Um, so, so when I... When I look at Cubby and Sunny here, even though I knew Gummy Bears came out, you know, basically eight years before Lion King, or actually nine years before Lion King, or eight and a half, but eight and a half years before Lion King, and ended essentially three years before Lion King debuted. You know, I know some people might say, well, it doesn't really apply to them. Well, the thing is, I think it does. Because, as I mentioned, you know, Simba and Nala, you know, as cubs, grew up in the same pride. They grew up in Pride Rock, you know, under the same rock, if you will. And, you know, and, and one could argue the fact that, you know, them being, to get, be, them being together as they got older shouldn't be because of that, because of that fact that I just mentioned. But the truth is, the truth is, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Basically, you know, they didn't look at each other as siblings. They looked at each other as best friends. And we all know, in fiction, most times, best friends, even in real life, best friends, both male and female, uh, will potentially, you know, fall in love. They will fall in love with each other. And, you know, and that's what happened. And to me, Cubby and Sunny fall under that same kind of category, even though, like like I mentioned, and others will point out, 
Gummy Bears came out, you know, uh, eight and a half years before and ended three years before. So, you know, that shouldn't apply to them. But if you think about it, had Gummy Bears come out maybe around the time frame of Lion King, you know, instead of almost a decade before, who's to say, you know, you know, who's to say that what was applied was for Nala and Simba, you know, in Lion King wouldn't have been applied to Cubby and Sonny. Especially, let's say, if they wanted to revitalize the series, you know, kind of do like a, a soft reboot like some shows and comics have done to where it's the same continuity, but now the characters are older or time has passed. You know, a, a good example of that is Biker Mice from Mars 2006. You know, it's basically the same continuity, but it's a soft reboot, and it takes place years later. And Charlene and Vinny are now pretty much an interspecies, you know, item, if you will. Uh, and everybody was always rooting for them. Everybody was always rooting for them, but we never really got anything, you know, official, even at the end. You know, there were hints. You know, there were hints, but we never really got anything truly official. And it takes this soft reboot, if you will, soft rebooted continuation um, for it to pretty much be revealed that, oh yeah, her and Vinny did get together. Whoopee, <laughs> you know. And I think it's because of the fact that in the original finale of the original run, Charlene reminds him or reminded him of Harley from, from Mars, who he also had a thing for. And she had a thing for him. So that there was that familiarity there. A familiarity similarity, if you will. And to me, I think that if Disney wanted to continue this series, you know, in a soft rebooted, revamped kind of way, that I could see that happening. And I could see it happening because, as I've mentioned before, they fall under that same category that, you know, that Nala and Simba fell under in Lion King. Again, just like Nala and Simba grew up together in Pride Rock, were basically raised in the same under the same rock, if you will. Cubby and Sunny, they grew up together in Gummy Glen. They were raised together in Gummy, you know, under the same glen, under the same roof. And, you know, just like Simba and Nala, they were not related, but they were, you know, you know, but okay, let me let me remind you. All right, like I said, you know, when it came to Simba and Nala, you know, they weren't you know related or anything like that. You know, they just happened to be under the same you know be part of the same you know uh, pride, the same group of lions. They were kind of like a family. You know, Cubby and Sunny, same thing. They are not related. You know, they're kind of best friends to each other. And they were they grew up and were raised within you know in the same glen as part of the same clan of gummies the glen gummies. So again, all when you put that all into perspective, one cannot argue, uh, one well not argue I shouldn't say argue but one cannot debate the fact that this would not be a possibility because it would be. And anybody listening to this, when you think about it, think about what I said here. You know Simba and Nala. The whole Pride Rock thing, being in the same Pride, being raised under the same rock. And then you look at the similarities with Cubby and Sunny. You know, again, both, all four characters. Not siblings, kind of best friends, 
but all kind of raised within you know the same um, the same family dynamic if you will but not blood related and then yet you look at what happened with you know Simba and and Nala as they got older who's to say that wouldn't happen with Cubby and Sonny I'm just saying you know I'm just saying so so to me um, honestly so to me honestly uh, even though they were very fleeting there were moments in you know gummy bears they kind of gave off that dynamic I mean I mean honestly you know why would they have coming Sunny always be you know focused on in, in episodes not just with tummy by the side or the other gummies but mostly on their own why would they do that I mean yes it was to be appealing to the younger kids because they were kids themselves but why go that far why do so many episodes if you know what I mean it's because they were to me they knew they had something that you know fans could look at and be like hmm are they are they planting the seeds for something to happen in the future you know are they are they planting the seeds that to me probably was the mentality like they they knew they were planting the seeds for something potentially to happen because let's not forget when DuckTales the movie came out that was supposed to be the start of a whole uh, run a whole theatrical run of Disney afternoon uh, animated films and who's to say gummy bears wouldn't have been one of those films and be a film that take yeah yeah All right, sorry about that, uh, but like I said, they, you know they they fall under that same category in, in everything. So, you know, and like I was saying, you know, there there were plans to do um, animated films based on Disney Afternoon, and who's to say the Gummy Bears wouldn't have been one of those films, maybe taking place years later. So, to me, even though they were not you know you know hinted at as much i think just the fact that you would have them always together and having them also paired up with humans that understood them i mean cubby with calvin and you know sunny with Kala, you know and how you know and that basically gave them a reason to to stick together and all that i mean heck they even you know even in the finale you know the two-part finale king inkthorn when they thought, hey, everything's good now, you know, we can go spend the night over at, at, at Castle at Dunwood, uh, uh, at Dunwood Castle and everything, you know, they were excited. You know, they were cool with it. They were happy about it. So, you know, to me, so to me, I, I look at the fact that, you know, um, you know, I, I look at the fact that, you know, I think they would have gone further with this. It would have happened. I really do. Again, they were planting the seeds, in my opinion, for something bigger to to happen down the line. That that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. They were they were planning to do something with these two, um, but we never saw it. We never saw it, but to me, it just gave off, it just gave off that vibration, you know, again, 
going back to the whole Simba Nala thing from Lion King, it just gave up, uh, gave off too much of a vibe, in my opinion, too much of a vibe, vibe that was similar, you know, to Simba and Nala. Um, you know, going like I said, going back to it, and I do apologize. You know, that's what happens when you try to do this stuff when people are like are on vacation. Kind of get what happened there <laughs> earlier. Uh, but anyway, like I was saying, you go to you go back to Simbinala and how it's similar to Sakabi and Sunny. It's like, you know, you kind of see where I'm coming from. Kind of see where I'm coming from. So, to me, to me, the hintful romantic teases in there may have not been, you know, as prevalent, but they were there. They were there. And the same could be said for what you see in the upper left-hand corner. Gadget and Dale. Now, some would say, well, Dale got Foxglove, right? Yeah, he did. But the way Foxglove is portrayed, even in the Boom Studio comics, is she's on and off. Like, they know that the thing between them, you know, and all that. You know, Dale even wants to tell her dad before, you know, tragedy happens there, you know, that they're kind of an item. But even outside of that, you know, the if you look at the animated show itself, you know, outside of, you know, the comics and everything, um, it to me it was very heavenly implied, heavenly implied, that they would they wanted to go to Dale and Gadget direction. They did. They wanted to go the Dale and Gadget direction. And I don't think there's anybody you know, anybody listening to this, watching this that would disagree. No one would disagree with that. And why? Because when you look at a majority of those 65 episodes, how many of those episodes can you count on one hand, which you probably can't, but how many of them had a Dale and Gadget moment? I mean, come on. I'm waiting. I'll wait. You know how many? More than I think any of us can count. I mean, it's obvious Disney was heading in that direction. And like I mentioned with Gummy Bears, had Rescue Rangers gotten the theatrical film, you know, as originally planned, had, you know, they be, had DuckTales Treasure of the Lost Lamp not bombed or anything, and, you know, basically paved the way for the Disney Afternoon theatrical films to happen, as I've mentioned before, Dale and Gadget would have been an item. They would have. There's, there's no getting around that whatsoever. There's no getting around that. Because it's obvious. I mean, you take a look at how Dale was able to get more of a, you know, kind of flirtatious, romantic kind of advancement with, with Gadget in the very first episode, Cattery's not included. You see how she hugs him at the end of Dale beside himself and even kind of sweet talks, flirts with the phony Dale, the pseudo Dale, if you will, and everything. I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, even the earlier episodes were planting the seeds and then you get into the episodes that came after you know not you know came after if you will even after the to the rescue five-part miniseries you know you take a look at how they're both kind of like lounging lazily you know uh in a creep from the deep that's the episode i was thinking about the other day i just couldn't think about it uh when i did the live stream but a creep in the a creep in the deep um you know you look at how they kind of like had that same kind of persona if you will then you take a look at Dale kind of flirting with her and whether or not uh, you look at her you know reaction towards Dale and and everything at the night of the song of the nightingale and, and everything 
a double O chipmunk. I mean, don't get me started on that one. We all know, you know, how that is. You know, what she did for Dale in that one. Robocat. You know, just to, just to name a few, if you will. It's, and then, of course, when she thought Dale was really injured. I mean, of course, being kind-hearted, she wanted to make sure he was taken care of. But come on. You know, she didn't, she didn't have to go as far as she did. But she did. And again, it's all because of the fact that the writers, the creators of the show, were planting the seeds. You know, I know people would say, well, Chip and Gadget would obviously have been the direction they were going to go in. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That, that, would, that would be the more stronger possibility. But again, you compare the two. You compare the two, and you tell me, you tell me, you know, who got more screen time shipping-wise. Was it Chip and Gadget or was it Dale and Gadget? I'll tell you who it was. It was Dale and Gadget. And you all know it. Each and every one of you know that to be true. It's not a lie. It's a fact. You look, again, at a majority of the 65 episodes, and you tell me, you know, what got more screen time, if you know what I mean. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, it's too obvious, okay? It's too obvious. But the thing is, they couldn't do anything because they would destroy that comedic dynamic of both Dale and Chip trying to go after her and to try to, you know, try to, you know, outdo each other to win her heart, you know, to get her to choose. So, you know, again, you, uh, again, you, you look at the episodes, though, and there's no doubt that they were hinting at it. There's no doubt, in my opinion, no doubt whatsoever that they were hinting at it very strongly, you know. You know, no matter, you know, whether you paired Dale up with the Foxglove, and that's a kind of on and off thing, you know, continuously, you know, in the Boom Studios continuation. Doesn't matter if you paired Chip up with Tammy. Doesn't matter if you had Dale, you know, try to tease a gadget relationship outside of the team with Sparky. Let's be honest. Let's be totally honest here. Disney was planting the seeds for Dale and Gadget. Again, everything I've mentioned, including more, they were planting the seeds. They were. Alright? They were planting the seeds. There is no doubt. I mean, heck, even mind your cheese and cues. There's a scene, you know, where they split up. I don't know if they split up or something like that. And we see in this one scene, as they're coming back together... Who's running back towards, you know, who's running back to regroup with the others together? Gadget and Dale. Who's the one that Gadget chose to go with her to cosplay as Raggedy Ann and Andy and everything in Dirty Rotten Diapers? Who did that? Get, you know, who's the one that chose Dale? Gadget. You kind of get what I'm saying? The hints, the hints were more prevalent in this show and I'm in a lot of the ep in a lot of the 65 episodes again it is not funny it is not funny whatsoever so to me like I mentioned with gummy bears as I met, talked about earlier had they gone through and did the Disney afternoon theatrical films after the treasure of the lost lamp if the rescue rangers would have gotten you know would have gotten their film in my opinion my opinion, just based on what I saw, and a lot of you can argue this, that's fine. You can disagree with it, that's fine. But you cannot deny 
that Dale had more moments with Gadget. And why was that? Because I'll tell you why. Because had that movie happened, and we all knew it was going to happen, had, you know, Treasure of the Lost Land not bombed, we all know not only would it have happened, but we cannot deny that we all know something that we've been waiting for would have occurred too, and that's Gadget choosing who she'd be with, and there's no doubt in that film she would have chose to be with Dale. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. So you can't, you can't disagree with that whatsoever. And, and here's the thing. Disney was always notorious for doing this in the Disney Afternoon shows. I mean, the most obvious afterwards, I don't have no image of it here, but Baloo and Rebecca. I mean, come on. Obviously, we knew something was going to happen between the two, or at least be strongly hinted at, you know. I mean, the people even said that they based Baloo and Rebecca's relationship off you know, the relationship of Sam Malone and Rebecca Dollison from Cheers. I mean, how more straightforward for, of inspiration for two characters interacting with each other can you get than those two who actually had a relationship in the Cheers series? I'm just saying. And then, of course, you look at Darkwing Duck, even though it wasn't strongly hinted at, you can tell that, you know, they were planting the seeds for something to happen with Hawker and Goslin in years to come. You know, they just couldn't, they just didn't have time or anything to really say, okay, let, let's put something together that has Goslin kind of affectionately show, you know, a honker, you know, more affection she, than, she, uh, than she's ever shown anybody, but we never got that. I mean, who's to say in the Wonderful Leaf Christmas episode that they weren't planning to maybe have her kiss honker on the cheek under the mistletoe? We don't know that. It could have happened. And then, of course, like I said, you look at, and then, of course, you look at things like, like Goof Troop, even though Peg was married to Pete in this, it's obvious, she, obvious she had a thing for Goofy, and, if, and you can't tell me, you can't tell me that they didn't have ideas going through their minds, like, okay, how can we hint, or how can we really strongly suggest she has a, a thing for Goofy, and there are moments in Goof Troop that shows she had a thing for Goofy, even back in high school, but she, her heart obviously belonged to Pete, and, well, I guess we all know what happened there. Uh, but, but you see what I'm saying, right? Disney is notorious for doing this. They are. And do, and, they, and do they follow through on it? Yeah, sometimes they do. I mean, Bonkers, obviously, we knew him and Fawn were a thing, so they had to follow through on that in some occasions. You know? I mean, the end of Casa Bonkers, you know, when, I mean, the end of Casa Bonkers, I mean, come on, honestly. Let's, let's, let's not kid ourselves there. Have you seen that episode? Or, or gargoyles, of course. We all knew Goliath and Alisa were going to be an item, just based on the interaction with each other. And what happened at the end of Hunter's Moon, the season two, or was it season two, season three finale that led into the Goliath Chronicles, which was on ABC? You know, what happened there? I'll tell you what happened. They officially became an item. I mean, I mean, I mean, even even if you didn't watch it fully through, if you didn't watch Gargoyles fully through, you knew right from the start it was gonna. That's what the direction where they were heading in, and they did. And there were a lot of episodes that hinted they were heading in that direction, and they followed through. Another Disney example, Kim Possible. You knew everybody knew from the start Kim and Ron were gonna be an item. You know, it didn't matter how much you played it off. 
You knew it was going to happen. And when they did that one episode where her and Shigo got, you know, hit with this emotion ray or whatever, you knew that was just a tipping of the iceberg of a little hint, a tipping of the ice, a tipping of the iceberg, if you will, of what was to come. And it happened. You know what I'm saying? It happened. Look, you can deny that, you know, with Dale and Gadget and Rescue Rangers, it wouldn't have happened. But you cannot deny that there was too many hints on that show not to imply that it wouldn't have. So, so to me, there was too much there to prove otherwise. Another show, and you see it right there, right at the, the second row. Uh, the second row from the left to the middle. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic Satayam. Even if you watch the first episode, Heads or Tails, uh, or Supersonic, depending on where you were. I saw Supersonic. Uh, you knew him and Sally were going to be an item. You knew there was something there between them besides just friendship, growing up together and all that. You knew there was something there. And throughout season one, they hinted at it. And then, of course, season two, they really just took off with it. And the rest is history. I mean, the middle picture in the second row pretty much tells the whole story. And even if you didn't watch the show all the way through, which who, which I'll be, let's be honest, who, who here on YouTube or who, who here listening on the podcast did not watch Sonic 7 a.m. all the way through, you know, even if you didn't, or you missed a few episodes, you knew. You knew these two were going to be a couple. You knew it. It was just built that way. I mean, even if Heads or Tails was the first episode you saw, and they were, and, and the characters were presented in the original early designs that you would see in the early issues of Archie Comics, you know, the Pink Sally and all that, you knew him, and you knew even then Sonic and her were an item. Just based on Sonic trying to sing a song for her, them walking off together at the end. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Honestly. No one... No one is going to sit... Sit in their chair, watching this on their television, watching this on their phone, watching this on the computer, you know, listening to this on the Spotify, which, by the way, you can follow BW, my BW Rosa's discussions on, which would be greatly appreciated. Nobody can deny... I, that even if you didn't watch all the episodes and the only episodes you saw were the heads or tails pilot and then maybe a few here in, here in between, nobody can deny that even from that pilot they knew exactly where the, what was going to happen between Sonic and Sally. They cannot deny that and again that middle picture that middle picture there says it all. It says it all. And then if you want even and then if you want another show for an example of a hint for romantic teases or at least following through or at least alluding to it happening look on the right look on the look on the right of the second row in the upper right hand corner on the right rarity and spike now i know now i've been down this rabbit hole a lot so has everybody else but let's be honest whether you like the sparity pairing or you don't you know, or you're kind of mixed about it. You cannot, de you cannot deny that they did not heavily imply that there was something more than friendship between these two. You cannot deny that. You cannot. I mean, yeah, there was a cooling off period, you know, between what was it, seasons 
three and I would say season seven. You know, there was a cooling off period to where you would have moments here and there, like in season five's Castle Sweet Castle and so on. Uh, you know, you had your moments. But, you know, nobody can deny that, you know, previous to that and even after season seven, it wasn't heavenly implied that these two, you know, were more than friends or there was something more than friendship there. I mean, best day, best gift ever, one of its plots was the, you know, well, the main plot was the heartwarming helper, uh, their version of Secret Santa. You know, you know, nobody can deny that one of the story plots of that Secret Santa, um, uh, you know, a scenario in the special, one of the story plots or subplots was Spike finding a gift for Rarity. You know, even after he kind of used his dragon mannerisms to trick trade, if you will, Fluttershy into, you know, changing, you know, into trading names, you know, all that. Afterwards, you cannot deny what was going on because part of the plot, you know, Spike's story for the plot, a uh, sub arc for the plot was him trying to find a gift for Rarity and then making it himself or at least trying to, and then the end result was giving her a song, which his version of uh, the, a true meaning of gifting was more romantically based, while Twilight basically took over the rest and made it more about friendship, but the way Spike sang it to Rarity was, you know, that was his way of, you know, the way he sang it to her was basically, you know, his way of telling her, I love you. You know, I love you, and I always... You know, and I always will. That was his own way of doing it. That's why his true gift, the true gift of giving portion from him sounded more romantic. And then, of course, the imagery there. You know, the sparkles in her eyes. I mean, we all know that sparkles in a you know, woman's eyes uh, in stories, and I say it with all due respect, no offense, usually means romance. Usually means, you know, the, you know, they now understand. Okay? I mean, let I mean, there's no denying that. There's no denying that whatsoever. And nobody here, like I said, on YouTube, nobody listening on Spotify or places like Spotify can deny that. Nobody can. And then, of course, you look at the final season. I mean, come on. Dragon Drop was pretty much, you know, a Rarity and Spike episode. And it kind of resolved the issue there. But the way it ended was in an open-ended kind of thing. Like... It still, it still kept things, you know, pretty much, you know, um, open to interpretation. To where you can think, okay, they're, they're now just going to be good friends, but it's open, and you're open, and that, and you're open to that, you know, to that um, interpretation. But you also look at it like, okay, you know, they might be becoming something more now. Like, again, the way Dragon Dropped ended is was it, it was open-ended, the way it's ending. Basically open to interpretation to where you can think, okay, they're just good close friends now. Well, on the other hand, you can think they're, gonna, they're finally becoming an item. And then, of course, you look at the finale, you know, and them confronting Chrysalis or fighting against her. The combined power to get against her, combining the powers, the fire and, you know, Re uh, Spike's fire and Rarity's magic. I mean, come on. The writers know what they were doing. And then you look at the endings, you look at some of the moments in the song, 
you know, uh, you know the magic, the song "Magic of Friendship." You see the the similar moments there with you know Rarity, like looking up at Spike or standing close to Spike and and, and all that, and, you know, uh, throughout the song, those moments. And let's be honest, the right the, the the creative staff knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. Heck, even in the two hundredth episode, when when Spike and Felicia reunite with Rainbow Dash, and and Rarity, you know, Rarity is the first one to notice Spike, Ike, and Felicia. I, I, you know, you know, coming out of that hidden entranceway, you know, hit or coming out, of, yeah, out of that hidden entranceway, if you will. You know, she's like she's. You know, she's kind of arguing a little bit with Rainbow Dash, and then she's like, "Oh, hello, Spike." Like, you know, she, you know, she basically does that. She goes, you know, she's arguing with Rainbow Dash about opening too many levers that could lead to traps or whatever, and then she turns her head for a second, going like, "Oh, hello, Spike," and then all of a sudden, and then as she's talking again, it suddenly dawns on her, like, "Spike, Fluttershy," and there you go. Uh, again, the writers knew. The creative staff, no matter who the writers were, they knew. Either Megan McCarthy, Megan McCarthy was one of the head executive producers after Lauren Faust and before Nicole Dubuque. She knew what she, she knew what they were doing. Nicole Dubuque mostly, let's be honest, mostly knew what they were doing. So, so yeah, I mean, if you want a good example, recent example of strong romantic teases, if not, you know, pretty much straight up saying, yeah, these two or more than just friends then you look no further than Spike and Rarity in My Little Pony I mean you can even see it in G5 with um, Queen Haven and Alpha Belittle like it's pretty much confirmed on an item you know whether or not that's you know true whether or not they uh, whether or not you know what, what I'm trying to say is in G5 Queen Haven and Alpha Belittle it's pretty much confirmed that they're an item somewhat if you will, and you can kind of tell that there's also something between Hitch and Zip, but we don't know know exactly what that's going to be. But they're also hinting like Hitch and Pip, and it's like, you know, they know what they're doing. Like they're going to figure out, okay, who's going to be more of the popular choice for someone like Hitch if they go that route. But again, you look at Friendship is Magic. The writers knew what they were doing, and they said. You know, you want a good example of a romance, you know, that's not, you know, pretty much in your face, but it's very subtle, you know, between two characters, especially the main cast, Spike and Rarity, no, no questions, on, no, no questions asked on that, if you know what I mean. But then, you look at another character, and you look at the bottom left, you look at the bottom left, if you will, and, you know, and... Despite the fact that I may not be very fond of the show, you know, I, you know, I'm, I will admit it's got some good characters. Sandy Cheeks, I think, is a good character. But nobody can deny that from the very first episode, or the very, yeah, the very first episode of it, the very first appearance of Sandy Cheeks, no one can deny that this has been one of the strongest hintful romantic teases in the entire Spongebob verse. 
if you know what I mean. The entire SpongeBob inverse, universe, whatever you want to call it. Nobody can deny it. Nobody. I mean, that bottom left-hand picture comes from a special or something like that in one of the more recent seasons. And even though that was part of a play, why would they go that far? Is what I'm saying. Why would they go that far? Even if it's part of a play. Because the writers know that since the beginning, fans have been wanting to see Sandy and Spongebob together. You can come out and you can come out with your Nickelodeon, Paramount, you know, the creators, whatever. You can come out and say, well, Spongebob kind of is on the other side of things. He kind of has eyes for the other side of things. And that's fine if you want to, if you want to be with the times. But I think a lot of fans, when they hear something like that, they're like, oh, they're just doing that to, to troll us and mess with us because they know exactly who SpongeBob should be with. And they will point specifically at Sandy. I mean, if you look at the first SpongeBob movie, they gave Patrick a freaking love interest in that princess character or whatever her name was. And, you know, and it's pretty much, you know, been teased and trolled about. That, you know, Spongebob and Patrick are, you know, more than friends towards each other. But again, people will say, oh, that's just a troll dove. They're just trolling us. And it's that's not official. That's not canon. Because they know that the creators know they want to see Sandy and Spongebob. They know that. And it's been something that's built up since the beginning of the show. And you look at some of the episodes earlier on at that time. Like when Spongebob is trying to go over to a house of flowers to try to maybe confess his feelings or whatever you see it there again you see it in this image from whatever special it was with them in a play where it, they're acting out the, 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 you know like they're going to get married and then you see the fan art it's like it's like Nickelodeon it's like Nickelodeon they know the people behind Spongebob at Nickelodeon they know fans want to see them together and they're waiting for that moment. They are waiting for that moment. Whenever SpongeBob comes to an end, the 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 the, the uh, this official show, whenever it comes to an end, you know, basically no more movies. Well, maybe it's just regulated to movies and you know, forty-four minute you know specials or whatever. But whenever the the regular series, you know, episodic series comes to an end, people are going to want it to end with SpongeBob. And Sandy becoming an item. They know that. You know, Nickelodeon knows that. Fan, they know fans are going to want that. And they will tease and they will troll and they will say, oh, well, SpongeBob's more on this. You know, SpongeBob has eyes for more of the other gender and everything. And it's like, it's like, you know, you could troll all you want. You can tease all you want. You can try to throw people off all you want. People know, even people that are not fans of Spongebob, and I'm not a fan. I'll be straight up honest with you. I'm not a fan, but I have seen enough Spongebob because my nephews and my, my nephews grew up on it and everything. And my sister kind of like, my older sister likes it. But I know enough of, of, I know enough about this show. I've seen enough about this show to know that if there is anything I would be a fan of, you know, if there's anything I would be a fan of, you know, of the show of these characters, is to see SpongeBob get the girl. 
And we all know that girl is Sandy. And we all know Sandy pretty much feels the same way about him. But, uh, but it's her character, it's her personality, her pride that would prevent her from doing anything about it. So, to me, so to me, we all know, we all see it, if you will, with our own eyes. We all see it, we all know it, and, you know, that this is what's meant to be. And again, the people, the writers, the creative stuff, they know it. You know, they know it. They're just not doing anything about it yet until they feel the time is right. And whenever that time will be, I guarantee you, even if you're not a true straight-up fan or watcher of Spongebob, or you've never been, period, there is no doubt that you, once you hear the news that this is going to happen, that Spongebob and Sandy will finally become an item. You know, no teasing, no you know, no teasing, no waltzing around it. You know, when you hear that that moment's going to happen, you know, in a Pacific episode of Special, you will tune in. Whether you are a straight-up fan, you're not a fan, you've never seen an episode or whatever, but your kids have, or your nieces and grandkids have, you'll straight-up want to see this happen. You will. So... To me, Spongebob and Sandy's relationship in Spongebob is another example of hitful romantic teases in animation, in cartoons. And now to close us off, let's talk about another. Let's talk about another here. As I check something. Let's talk about another. Let's talk about Eliora. Uh, I think that's her name. El Laura, Eliora, Eliora and Spyro. Okay. You know, Laura, Elora, and, Sp and Spyro. Laura and Spyro. And a lot of people have said, even, you know, I don't know if it's back when, you know, the first. Because here's the thing the images you see, or at least this image on the bottom left hand, comes from the Reignited Trilogy series, or Reignited Trilogy game, which is all three, all first three Spyro games and the one remastered. And, you know, a lot of people have said, I don't know if they said this back back in the mid to, mid to late 90s when the first games came out or not, but everybody has pretty much said, even now with the reignited ones, that Elora, Elora, that's what I mean, Elora, Elora and Spyro are meant to be. That Elora's actions, you know, towards Spyro pretty much hint that she has a thing for him. But he's just not seeing it. He's just not really seeing it. He might have an idea, but he's not seeing it. You know, and a lot of people would say, well, doesn't he have a girlfriend already? Here's the thing. Animated shows that are based on games are different from the games themselves. If you want a good example of that, look at Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't think you, I don't think you would have to find any more evidence than that. But you know, you look, you look at the, but uh, but you look at the, you know, the difference between, you know, the a video game and a show based on it. And there's always going to be difference in opinion, difference in character presentation, and you know what goes on between both formats. So even in the animated series, if Spyro has a girlfriend in Cinder, 
it doesn't mean he has a girl. He doesn't. It doesn't mean Cinder's his girlfriend in the games. You know, in the games, he's kind of like a bachelor. Like you know, he's not. He's more about being a noble warrior, trying to do what's right. And you know, because he's so focused on that, he's oblivious to the fact that someone like Elora, you know, Elora actually likes him, and probably more than he expects. I mean, the fact that he looks at. Hunter and Bianca becoming an item, you know, at the end of the third game, you know, you know, through the remastered version and the original and saying the line that he did, you know, and then here you have Elora coming up to him and saying, hey, you know, take a break and let's watch the fireworks and then kind of getting close to him. And you see his little sidekick, if you will, winking up at, you know, kind of breaking the fourth wall, all flying up, breaking up and then flying up and looking at the camera, breaking the fourth wall, winking at the audience like, yep, you know, you know what's about to happen. Like, he's giving that wink of, yep, Spiral's going to fall in love now, too, with Elora. So, you know, you look at the Elora Spiral thing in the games, through the remastered version or even the original, but mostly the remastered, and a lot of people, a lot of people will come out and say that it's pretty much evident that, you know, there's something there besides a friendship between them. I mean, even the fan art that you see right here that's kind of like SFM fan art that's based on the CGI, the remastered CGI and all that. It's like, come on, it's like even these people can see it. And there are some SFM animations out here on YouTube based on the same, you know, CGI renderings from the remaster game. They kind of play along with that as well. You, you see, so you see, it doesn't matter how you feel about, you know, a pairing, if you will. If the primary, if the prime, if the primary, I, I guess you could say, um, the primary, what's the word I'm looking for? If the primary showcase if you will, the primary media, you know, is showing this, you know, um, you know, in their world, outside of any of the adaptations, then it pretty much tells you that the people that are behind the game, that also probably are behind, they're also back, you know, backing up the series, the animated series, but those behind the game, the primary source, if you will, it kind of tells you that they are in favor of an Elora Spyro relationship. They are. And there's no getting around that. I mean, just the interactions between Elora and Spyro, and even even through the clips that you find here on YouTube, Spy, you know, like towards the end of it, it's like Spyro, you know, he, you can kind of tell he's getting it, but he's not fully getting it. That, you know, okay, he can see that Elora likes him more than just as a friend, but he's not truly grasping it. And then the ending, of course, of them watching the fireworks, it, you know, and the winking by his little psychic, kind of hints at the fact that, yeah, there's, there's something there. There's something, there's, there's something now there between them besides just a friendship and all that. I mean, the fact she, you know, cuddles up to him a little bit more and everything, you know, before his little psychic winks at the audience and all that kind of giving the indication that, yep, you know, like Hunter... You know, fell in love with Bianca and vice versa. Spyro and Laura pretty much doing the same thing. 
So, you know, again, you you can, you know, deny, you know, you can deny that there's no evidence, you know, of that happening, but it's too evident. Like the moments in everything, the interactions and everything are there, just like everything I've, I've mentioned. So even in the world of video games, with great, even remastered video games with CGI animation that could pass almost for theatrical, if not streaming television animation, you know, as long as the hints are there, you know exactly the direction that the directors, the creators, want to go in with these characters. And if there's a Spiral 4, if there's a 4 Spiral game, which people are hoping for, you know, there is no doubt in my mind, and I don't play Spiral that much, I'm probably going to be uh, playing it as much as I can once I get the remastered trilogy uh, soon, uh, but you cannot, you know, you cannot sit here and deny the fact that if a fourth game happens, you know, for Spyro, that they would not put Eliora and Elora, I said not, not Eliora, but Elora and Spyro. You cannot deny that they would not put Elora and Spyro together as an item. You know, they did it with Hunter and Bianca in the third film at the end of that. There's no, so there's no doubt they probably wouldn't do the same for Spyro and Elora in the fourth spiral game if that happens because there's too much evidence between all the f all three all th uh, there's too much evidence from what I've seen and understand throughout all the first spiral game all first three spiral game movies not to say this is this is where they're going you this it you know you, there's just too much evidence not to say that this is the direction they're going in game wise you know and not overall franchise wise because again you know, just like Sonic the Hedgehog, just because Sonic had a comic book and Sonic's ATM where he had a love interest in Sally, he didn't have that in the games. So Spyro, just because he might have a love interest in Cinder in the show, doesn't mean he's going to have her as a love interest in the game. Spyro 4 is a completely different environment, completely different animal, and that means that Elora and Spyro, there's no, people are probably thinking this as well. Spiral 4, if that game happens, Elora and Spyro, just like Hunter and Bianca at the end of the third, will become an item. And pretty much the ending of the third with them watching the fireworks and that little friend, that little sidekick of his winking at the audience, kind of gives off those vibes. But anyway though guys, I just wanted to come on here and do a more extensive uh, video on uh, the topic I talked about in my 44th birthday live stream I did on Tuesday. Uh, which you can watch here. It is gonna. It de which you can watch here on YouTube. Uh, there will be chapter. There are chapters in that. And if I do chapters here, you will know. Uh, but by the timestamps, they will be in the description if I do them. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to come on here. You know, do this more extensive uh, video, uh, courtesy of OBS Studios. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are, guys. Do you agree with anything I had to say here? And until next time, I will talk to you all later.